Hey guys, Scott here. Just thought I'd take a second to introduce this content you're about to listen to. It's just a bit of the pre-show ramblings from episode 36, wherein we talked a lot about cooking shows for whatever reason. I just felt like sharing it because it seemed kind of interesting, and eh, I think I promised this months ago. But here you go. Enjoy. Friday, so that's that always makes it a little nicer. Yeah, yeah, it is Friday. Thank God. Oh, I don't have a whole lot planned for this weekend, so I'm hoping just to relax and sleep. That does sound good. Sleeping is nice. What do you got uh, on your agenda for the weekend? Um, hmm. Hmm. Go to the library. Things. Playing some Skyrim. Play some Skyrim, maybe. Well, no, I'm I'm pretty much burned out on Skyrim right now, so back to well, Persona Four. So what do you? Are you do you have a 360? Uh, I do have a 360. I also have a PS3. And that's what you're playing Persona on, because that's PS3 exclusive, right? Uh, Persona Four was on the PS2. Oh, sorry, sorry. But the port of the P to the PSP will be out at some point in the next year. The PS1's the only PS I've ever owned, so... Yeah. I'm out of, uh... I'm out of touch. It's cool. So it's now, where exactly are you in, in, in the great Canadian wilds? I am in the Toronto, not especially wild. wild. Oh, no, that place <laughs> is savage, I hear. Savage. Yes. Savage. Actually, uh, the other night at the gym, Anthony Bourdain was in Toronto going around talking to people. Yeah. Which it seems like it's it's odd, but every time I'm at the gym, it's either Anthony Bourdain's on uh, or that Man vs. Food show. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. The, is he still doing, like, the carnivore tour where he's just eating ridiculous amounts of meat? I, you know, I don't know because I usually catch it in the evening, so it's usually reruns. Okay. But it's just great because I'm sweating my ass off on the treadmill or the elliptical or the rowing machine or the bike or something, you know. I'm just so, something cardio-y. Right. And the whole time I just watch this guy cram immense amounts of food into his body. There's this guy. How is that man not dead? <laughs> you know, he's pretty young. He, for, for his age, he actually looks kind of old for his age. Yeah, like he looks bad for his age. But well, The funny thing is the beginning of the season, you always Dude, when know. you eat like a 30-pound pizza yourself, you kind of have to stop and rethink your life. When you eat these devil's wings coated in something called devil's blood, just saying, it might do something to your insides. Might might not be the best for you. No. So, yeah, because you always tell us the beginning of the, the, beginning of the, the season, because he's kind of, he's not skinny, but he's kind of fit, and he doesn't look 
as big. Like he's obviously taking the time to enjoy vegetables. Yeah, exactly. He's been and, maybe exercise you know, portion, and small portions. Right. And at the end of the season, he's just like he's just bloated. He's just huge. I gotta look up that guy's name because I don't remember. I don't. What is the man versus food guy? He, he's man, I know, but he's not food. He's definitely not food. Adam Rick. Adam Rickman. Adam Rickman. How did he stumble onto something that awesome? You're going to pay me to go around and eat tons of food. Well, well it's okay. like Guy Ferrelli. It's like, I yeah. I have a chain of restaurants. You will follow me around as I consume diner food. <laughs> well, I love Elton Brown. That guy is uh, that guy's awesome. Well, it's all about the crazy British Marine guy from Dinner Impossible. Now, I haven't seen that guy. Uh, I can't. I can't even remember his name. Okay, I'm going to find his name, but... Okay. Well, like, he has a bunch of shows now. Is on Food Network, too? Yeah, he's a Food Network guy. Okay. Like So he did Dinner Impossible, which is... Okay, Robert Irvine. I'm going to Google him here. Let's see. Because, no, I've, I haven't heard of this. At first, when you said British, crazy British guy, I was thinking Bear Grylls. Yeah. Who is now, also... This guy a, was a... Um, he was a... Uh, he started out as a chef in the Navy, and then somehow that got him transferred to the Queen's Yacht. <laughs> so he has this just really... So he's a good chef who's also really good at yelling at people. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. So he's... So he had this show called Dinner Impossible, which was... he would cater these really weird events under really weird restrictions, half of which he wouldn't even know at the start when he was shopping for food. Wow. Like, the the best one was, um, he catered the the 50th anniversary of Sesame Street. Yeah. So, because it was, so, usually they have a client from from whatever event he's catering, yeah. This time the client were obviously Cookie Monster and Elmo. <laughs> and so they obviously... So the, the restrictions were that uh, because it was a birthday party, all the food had to start with B. <laughs> and they all had to be in, like, specific shapes. So you had to have circles. So everything had to be circles, squares, or triangular. Wow. This guy... Yeah, and there had to be a... cookies, because Cookie Monster was well, like... Well, Cookie Monster, right. That's probably the only thing he brought up, was cookies, probably. Yeah. Yeah, but the, obviously the Muppet guys were having fun with this, because at one point, he's like... He shows up to the meet, the, the client meeting at the midpoint for prep, and he's like... He's brandishing an, a zucchini angrily at them. <laughs> and Cookie Monster just goes, No, it's okay, Omo, I take bullet for you. <laughs> This guy's this guy's pretty beefy. I found a picture of him. Yeah. Well, this he, guy's he, not a small man. No. He also has. He's also one of the people on Worst Cooks in America. I, I bet. Does he just yell at the worst cooks? Well, the whole idea is that it splits like sixteen people. Yeah. Into two teams, each coached by a professional chef. Okay. And the teams then have to work to become not complete crap chefs and like serve a good and come up with a good dinner service. So the goal of the show is to become competent. 
Yeah, like, the goal is to go from absolutely terrible to competent. I, I should be on that show. And then they just yell at you. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm pretty good at being yelled at. I, I, I would love to learn to become a competent chef, personally. Yeah. I could live with some yelling to, to achieve those skills in my life. I've been yelled at for a lot less. I've gotten a lot less out of being screamed at, so, you know. Okay. This would actually have benefit to it, unlike, you know, being a fraternity where they just do it for fun. And that's the thing is there's there's sort of like a Hell's Kitchen-themed version of Diner Dash. Yeah. And it so you play the game, and obviously there's Gordon Ramsay in the corner yelling at you. <laughs> so when you screw up timing of how service goes out, but you but you actually have to work hard to fail for him to actually yell at you. So you probably try to try to troll him sometimes just to get him to yell at you. Yeah, like you you have to fall behind to like the thirty percent success rate before he actually starts calling you a donkey, which is disappointing. I'm not a huge Hell's Kitchen fan, but I do really enjoy the BBC version of Nightmare Kitchen. Oh yeah, well the BBC version is just. It's great. Like, as much as they find terrible people, crazy people for the American version, the BBC version is just ridiculous. Yeah. It, it, we've been watching it on Netflix streaming, and uh, it's it's great. I, I love watching him on, on Nightmare Kitchens because some of the places he finds – and he's not so mean, but when he is mean, it's because the people he's dealing with are just complete. And, it's not like a reality show where it's a game. It's just – these people are just awful. It's like, you're, you do not know how to run a restaurant. I'm Gordon Ramsay. I'm going to fix this. You don't know how to cook, or you're trying to cook too much, or the one where they had like this exterior grill, and they were cooking lamb out on it, and oh my god, they were just doing the most awful things to that poor lamb. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Makes me sad. And I'm sure there was a lot of food poisoning that came out of that. I love it when he goes back and the places are just closed. <laughs> he has a follow-up episode and they're like, yep, they're not there anymore. It's a sh- They went out of business three months after ours here. Yeah. I, I ended up catching two of those back-to-back for the American version, and I'm like, I actually remember these restaurants. And I'm like, yeah, no, not surprised that one closed. That one closed? <laughs> eh, I guess. Did you see the American one that had the, the twins who ran it? No. Oh, they were awful. They're like two man-sized babies, and they're identical. Oh, jeez! And they had the uh, they had the uh, maturity of maybe a I don't know four or five year old probably. Oh yeah, no, the the family ones are always the worst. Yeah, it's pretty. It's fairly messed up. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, I have a question for you. Yeah. Now, now obviously, we've been mocking. Uh, Jonathan Sam for a long time by calling him our lady friend Sam. Does your does your does the actual lady friend Sam know about this joke? And if so, how does she feel about it? Oh yeah, no, she knows. She knows about the joke. Like I just started when she had picks for last season of the game. Mm-hmm. I would just leave them in my blog post as you know my lady friend Sam says. And then eventually she listened to one of the episodes where you make fun of your lady friend, <laughs> Sam. And it's like, are they talking about me? It's like, no, there's this other guy named Sam. There's a six foot three guy who we call our lady friend, Sam. 
<laughs> and we're going to see him in St. Louis, and he may or may not kick our ass. <laughs> yeah. He did not. No. That was a good time, though. That was a hoot. That was the first time I'd met Sam, So because uh, he, he wasn't there last year. So, uh, God, that was a good weekend. Yeah. Probably a bit far for you, though. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. So, uh, but yeah, they, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's not as good as Gen Con, but Archon, if you just want to go out and party, yeah. Archon's a good place to go. It's kind of a ways to go for a party for me. Well, yeah, yeah. But Toronto really doesn't have a party con. What cons do you have in Toronto? Well, that, that's the thing is, we, we've got a, we've actually got a pretty decent list. We have, um, Polaris, Ad Astra, like Polaris is just sort of a, very small show that manages to get some good guests in fairly mm-hmm. consistently. I'm not sure how they do it. Ad Astra is definitely more focused on sci-fi fiction, but that so they bring in a lot of authors. That's cool. Then there's Anime North, which is the third biggest anime convention outside Japan. And you are a huge anime guy. I yeah. found out by listening to to the show. Yes, it's like. I am a pretty huge anime guy, and uh, then then there's um, Fan Expo, which really, really wants to be the third Comic-Con. Like, it, it wants to be just as much, it very much wants to be Sa- San Diego or New York Comic-Con. Comic-Con. But it just yeah. can't, it, it just... It just can't actually seem to attract the attention of, um, like, any media outlets to debut things or do anything big announcement-y there. So what you're saying is it's essentially Comic-Con Tundra. Yeah, kind of. Gotcha. Like, that one is run by this... Oh, we we also have, now, as of, like, last year, we have a Wizard World show in March... Is that more of a gaming convention? Uh, Wizard World is again, so it, it's more comic booky. They gave me a free pass to the first one. I don't know how I ended up on some PR mailing lists. It's the uh, well, you were doing uh, was it RPG? Yeah. What's what website were you doing when I first started listening to you? Uh, I'm RP Gamer, and I'm I'm That's still working it. there. I just yeah, you know. I work there. I, I am now technically I got promoted from tabletop columnist to tabletop editor, except I don't have anyone to edit but me. It's just them acknowledging <laughs> that I operate entirely without support. Gotcha. <laughs> it's like we realize you have a lot of autonomy. We're gonna give you a title that reflects this. <laughs> nice. Hey, at least they're acknowledging. Yeah, it's not like the the Drew Carey syndrome where you're the assistant manager and there's no manager of your department for five years. Yeah, but you're the, just assistant manager. Assistant <clears throat> manager, assistant general manager, assistant to the general manager. They're very <laughs> similar. Uh, man, we uh, last night on uh, I guess no, it was last night. That's right. We did on Thursday. We we were recording backseat box office, and we we for the first time used Google Hangout and Mixler uh, instead of UStream and Skype, and uh, we didn't edit the episode because we it was Thursday night, 
it's, uh, it may be a little rough when you listen to it. Yeah. I've already sent my picks off. Nice. Nice. I was in this morning. Now, were you surprised when The Devil Inside came out number one last week? Well, I had it picked at number two. So not that surprised, bro. So I was like, you know what? This is new. It's got names people in horror like right now attached to it. And horror does well for one weekend and then disappears, so I figure I'll put it in at two. That's sensible. I was less sensible. I just didn't know how I was going to do so I just left it off altogether. Yeah, never do that. <laughs> See, if you don't know how something's going to do, you just put it in at three. Uh, I don't know, man. Dylan Dog and Take okay, Me Home Okay, unless tonight. you get Dylan Dog. Or Take Me Home Tonight. That screwed me, too. That came in, like, number nine. I had it, like, number three. It was brutal. I've been, Well, now I just keep checking what's coming out. Like, every time I do it, I go on Box Office Mojo, and I seem to find myself checking through what's coming out in the next few weeks. Relativity yeah. Media is coming up a lot. God. Yeah, I know. They, they seem to be doing quite well for themselves. <laughs> They're doing well for themselves. A bunch of D-bags. I oh. think Limitless gave them enough money to really throw some uh, We know what's it, it wasn't Season of the Witch that brought the cash in. It, it must have been Limitless. Yeah. Yeah, because they have uh, – next week they have uh, – oh, Haywire. Haywire is next week from Relativity. I'm not looking forward to that. That's going to be a tough week to pick. I may just take my first mulligan. Well, that the what the premiere next week is what? Underworld, Haywire, and Red Tails. And I think yes. something Oscar Beatty is an expansion again. Probably. I, the three new releases are exactly right. I, they're, I don't remember if there was anything. But there probably is this time of year. There almost always is something trying to catch on and get a lot of buzz going for the Oscars. But yeah, I'm like, okay, Underworld, I'm just going to take whatever the last movie made and assume that's the amount it will make. I might go back to the second Underworld film because the third one didn't have what's-her-name in it. Yeah, that's true. I may have to... Maybe just maybe average though. That's it. There you go. Average two and three. There's your. There's the new. That, one. That's that's the monies, and then I'm like, okay. That's the plan. That's a good plan. See, th- like that's how. Like, there's this guy on Box Office Mojo who does, who tries who tries to predict it. Yeah, isn't that Brandon Gray? I think his name is. Yeah, he predicts it on Friday mornings, and his whole method is, this move. The last movie to come out that was similar to this made this much money, so this will make similar amount of money which is still not as much as this one. So there. <laughs> Suck it. Yeah, no, that, that works sometimes. sometimes that works it, sometimes, but sometimes you just got to go, nope, not betting against the kids movie this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love those chipmunks, man. Fucking chipmunks. Love those chipmunks. You never bet against the monk, man. I wanted, to, I wanted Tintin to do so much better. I wanted it to like catch on and be a super huge hit. Well, it has been world worldwide. It has been like it made its money in Europe. Yeah, so fast, and I'm like, yeah, this is neat. Hollywood just made a movie for Europe without really caring. Yeah, I mean, it did not do kind of like the Mr. Bean movies. It did not do very well in the U.S. at all, but it did do. And we looked it up the other week, but almost it made like 300 million worldwide so far. Yeah, I know it did. uh, it was up to 225 million in Europe the week that it debuted in the U.S. 
Yeah, total worldwide as of last weekend was three hundred thirty-two million dollars. That's a lot. That's a lot for Tintin. Yeah, yeah, and, and out of that three hundred thirty-two million, only sixty-three of it was in the U.S. So nineteen percent of its box office is from the U.S. Eighty percent worldwide. And I don't think it's hit Japan yet. Uh, that could be. That that could be. I don't. I, I just know it's it's done more than well enough to get another movie made in the series. Well, yeah. I mean, if Mr. Bean and stupid Johnny English can have multiple movies, Tintin can too. Yeah, well, they, they, they are doing it. Like, the second one's basically written. Is it? But th- this is the deal with Tintin, is that um, Spielberg and Jackson agreed to alternate, but Jackson's going to be busy for a couple of years, so we won't see production start on the Tintin, new Tintin 2 until after The Hobbit. Is that what he's going to be? Is he going to be wrapped with the Hobbit? Is that what's going to be taking up his time? Yeah, he's doing Hobbit for the next two years. Wow, that's a lot of Hobbit. That's a lot of Hobbit. Have you seen that trailer for the Hobbit? Oh yeah, that is a shitload of dwarves, man. That is a lot of dwarves. (laughs) They're just throwing out names in that trailer, like what? Who? What? I don't remember that. If you read the book, you you know that the rhyming groups are essentially interchangeable. Yeah. So it's like Killian Philly, kind of the same guy. (laughs) <laughs> they've just diversified into separate bodies but same personality and then Thorin doesn't look like a dwarf at all he looks like a short man he just looks like a short guy yeah well he drank that imp juice when he was in the forest that one time <laughs> got got big like he's just a short version of Aragorn in many <laughs> ways I'm kind of excited, though, because uh, it was maybe back in the fall, actually. It, yeah, it was before BSB 200. I sat down and watched all three of those movies, and it actually kind of left me in the mood for more of that. And The Hobbit looks very much in the same exact same style and flavor. of, of It's like going back to Middle Earth, so yeah. well, I'm excited. Like, the, the, like, obviously, Peter Jackson is doing, like, video blogs from the scene, the set, again. Yeah. And... Like when he they they did this whole thing about how you know they got the original bag end set opened back up and cleaned oh, up. Oh, nice! And they, it's like, yep, this feels like going home. That's awesome. I keep trying to convince my wife we should move to New Zealand. It's a nice place. She won't have anything of, of it though. When we first graduated from college, I said we should go you know live and work in Hawaii for a year, and she's like, no, I'm like come on. We're 21, 22. Let's go. Let's go do something crazy for a year. But no. Nope. I even told her she wouldn't even have to work. We go to New Zealand. She could just be stay at home, take care of the house, raise the kid. I'd work and still nothing. No. Nope. If I was a woman, I think I'd take that offer. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, maybe I'm a gigantic idiot. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Depends who you ask. That's, that's sometimes a common uh, opinion, so. All right, should we do this bad boy? I, I suppose we should. Talk about Glenn Cook, Glenn Black Cook. Company. I found out today that he's writing two more. I know. I'm like, whoa. Shadowport and something pitiless. Uh, like the, the pitiless reigns. Yeah, when we get, yeah, a pitiless rain, that's right, in Port of Shadows, yeah. I actually saw him at Archon, which I guess we can talk about when we actually record. But uh, well, he, he is a local. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's been a Missouri guy for as long as he's been writing. All right. 
Do you have something ready for pick of the week? Um, yeah, I'll probably just talk about Knights of Rainsboro and be horribly self-promoting. That's allowed. <laughs> That's allowed. I might call you lame on air, but That's it's fine. allowed. That's fine. Okay. And in three, two, one...